your hearts, it's January Garcia, and your dumbass is listening to the fucking Slam Richmond Podcast. Thanks for tuning into tonight's show, in which we have some poets from our new shit slam. New shit! Featuring all brand new, never before slammed poems. And cursing! In today's show, we plan to show you poems from our January Slams finalists. Grilled Cheese, Shed Me the Two Spirit, and Robert Owens. But first up, we are super happy to have Ahanu back at our show with some audio we could use, and even more excited to introduce you to them. Here is Ahanu. I stayed up real late to write about death from the angle of the angel. There's the kind of angel that when I say, someone please push me out of the way of this bad poem, it was like a bus. Well, it comes running and tackles me, and oh, it's divine football. Or in the dream when the transparent buses come barely towards us, it was there. Half of all Americans say they believe in angels. And why shouldn't they? There was one I believed in. If someone swoops in to tell them how death's a fuzzy star that's full of bugles, well, it's a hell of a lot better than what we see on TV. The surf much too warm for December and roller coasters full of the wounded and the subconscious that keep pulling in? Who wants to believe death's just another life inside of a box? Tail pale or more vivid? Not me. Like in Gladiator, when they showed the cypresses, flanking the end road. Oh, set your sandal, your tandem bike into the land of shadows. Of course I cried. Show me a cypress and I'll just go off. But I don't want it to be that way or some kind of poem you can never find your way out of. And sometimes I think I nod at true death. When from a moving car, I see a house in the morning sun and it casts a shadow on the ground, an inquiry. And I think crisp inquiry and go on to work, perfumed of it. That's the kind of death I'm talking about. An angle of light, believe in it. I believe in the light and the disorder of the word repeated until quote unquote, well repeated until quote, meaning, unquote, leeches out of it. And that's what I wanted to do with Dame Death for you. Repeat it until you're all what? D-A-D-E-A-T-H? Because Ahanu, that's all it is, a word. Material in the way the lake through the trees is material. That is, insofar, not at all, because we haven't swam in it. See what I mean? I see death. I smell death. It moves the hair on my face, but I don't know where it blows from. And in its source is my power. I'm incredibly powerful in my ignorance. I'm incredible, like some kind of fuzzy star. The nonsense of me is the nonsense of death. And oh, look, light through the trees on the lake. The lake has the kind of calmness my pupil's surface believes. And this is just a thing that the boxed land of shades at the end of the remote doesn't program for. The lake is so kind to me, angel. And I'll be so kind to you, angel, and we'll never die. There'll be plenty of us around to keep casting our our inquiry against the crisp light. Light is all like, what's up? I'm here. I'm an angel. And we're all, no, you're not. That doesn't exist. (laughs) We all laugh and laugh or cry and cry. The point is, it's words, and so's death. Even in that silence, there's bird calls or meteors or something hurtling through space that's matter and light. I've seen it through the theater of the trees, and it was beautiful. I cut my eyes, and I don't even care. I had already seen, I already had the scene taken care of. 
Even in the months I didn't have a single poem in me, I had this angel and this love, and how's that not enough? You lie asleep beside me, one hand on the pillow and cupped at your mouth, as if to tell a secret. As if you might say in your sleep what you could never find words for awake, or as if you called across a den of other voices, or the howl of empty space, calling because there are no bells to strike the hours where we live. And I must know when to kneel and when to rise, what to praise and what to curse. I must know how to bless and how to receive blessing. One hand on your pillow cupped at your mouth as if you spoke a word you'd kept to yourself all day, waiting for your most, most unguarded moment to say a thought meant for me, meant to be shared between us this way, sealed this way, a secret. No voice can carry without destroying a word without carriage, except conveyed in the peace of your body and face, a word born out of your deepest rest, a word which only my deepest breathing and happiest rest beside you, face to face, free of thinking, can sustain. Maybe you had to be asleep to say what you knew to be true, or what you had to say you might not could bear to hear, and so you must say so softly, I must close my eyes, I must turn inward, where you've made a room and a bed inside me to receive it. You say, we cannot look upon love's face without dying. We see, so we face each other to see love's look, and thus third-person souls suddenly stand at gaze, and the lover and the beloved second and first persons, you and I, eye to eye, are born. But such refraction, multiplying gazes, strews, Love's eye upon eye objects of the world as upon the objects of our room, your hair tie, your pillows, your dresses. My loving looks finds each of these lovable, things that by any other measure pour, my love crowns to make them my heart's realty. Face, blush, breath, eyes, evanescence pledged to death, nowhere stored. Love's look gathers within its fondling to adore the strewing and gathering of love's face, of love's gaze, and only this. Begun in death's audience is the founding action. That, call it fundamental paradise. Did I say paradise? I meant paradox. The fundamental paradox of the breaths we breathe, the thoughts we witness, the kisses we exchange, and every look that lingers. Thank you. Thank you, Ohanu, for your beautiful words. We're honored you took the trek from DC to see us. Next up is one of the hosts slash freshly baked sandwiches of our live show, Grilled Cheese. You may remember him from the September show, best known for his form poems. Here he is again with a narrow win for third place in the new shit slam. Let's hear these anti-capitalist poems and love poems from Grilled Cheese. We were born in the guard tower at the rim of hell, in the timeless half-light of the underworld, dead between whispers, make my living as a net maker for the terminally damned, in the perpetual shiver of the tundra taught that the three-headed cerebus was normal. As a child, I cheered the screams threw rocks into the abyss just to listen for the echo, then chuckled at the devil's children, shaking as they try to climb upward to me. And now I've learned 
to make the nets better so I don't fear the climbers anymore. Just be a good worker. I only need to fear the distance, the closeness between us and the climbers at the height of the depths below. Say, lest their hell become the same as my own, the same gulf I feel with my neighbors when I keep my head low so our eyes don't meet. And we maintain our borders as we work at the base of the mountains, of the heavens high above us, haven't had a glass of water in a thousand years, never seen a living apple before, can only imagine the taste and color in a language too alien to me as I subsist on the shadows that are cast from the other world I'm not a part of. But in the heavens I hear, they know beauty and they know peace, and they don't have to work, and they don't have to climb. They can rest inside the soft light that they have kept for themselves, too far and bright for them to see us, too contented from their paradise. And it makes me think of why we guard this hell of ours as though we are not ourselves locked inside of it. Makes me think of all the rest of the hell and how we should open the gates up and let the demons in and raise up an army from all of hell's refugees and together scale the mountains to storm the heavens above and plunder all its contents, send fire to the city and chase out its residents, smash the lights of paradise and scatter the pieces and build a new city up from its ashes. We get ourselves so lost in our dreams these days. I've been constantly boxing in my sleep, fighting invisible monsters, tossing around from one frantic scene to the next. You have been haunted by a paralysis demon that's been pressing on you every day. The same recurring nightmares you stay locked in for eternity. And it's these dreams that we get by in. It's one quick kiss before heading off to our respective fictions, half-consciously sleep-talking, to emerge briefly for a text message before another wave of sleep overtakes us, tightly wrapped up in just trying to stay alive. There's no time left for experiencing our real lives. So I want to kiss you fully this time. Let's shake off these fake worlds which surround us and pull ourselves out to the other side. Let's create a new waking dream for what really matters, a moment we can spend our lives in, amazed at how little time and eternity can take. I don't want to spend all my time chasing dreams and lose sight of the ones that make life worth living. So let's wake up besides each other and stay in bed. I'm not a wizard. I don't know any spells. The last time I tried, I closed my eyes and I clenched my fists tight, but I wasn't able to make the bombs not explode. There isn't an incantation I can type to make the dead come to life. Believe me, I've tried them all. All I can do is get the dead to speak, but now they won't stop haunting me long after I've tried to make a ritual in the streets to make all the cages disappear and dozens of apprentices joined us, but 
We weren't able to turn their hearts back from stone. I've pleaded to every court magician that I know, but they all work for the kings now, so they say they will work their magic, but then they cast whatever curses will keep the coins coming. It's all left me disenchanted with them. So I started reading through the ancient tomes, the story of Fred Hampton, the fire breather, bewitching wobblies and the eight-hour workday. Eugene Debs learns how to defy gravity for a time. But I've come to believe that there's no magic after all. There's only human bodies and what we sweat and bleed for. The only spell I can cast is to stay up all night if you need me to. I can't move this mountain on my own shoulders, but I will push anyone who tries to harm you. I'll be your fighter against the mob of angry villagers who are chanting for your death. The only magic that we have is to look out for each other so that shoulder to shoulder, we can try to move the mountains back. Thank you, grilled cheese. You may have won bronze, but you'll always be golden brown and delicious to us. Next up is a name you will recognize as one of our previous features. Shemi the Two-Spirit once again graced us with her presence, descending upon us just as we were about to start our slam, but taking it all in stride and coming out of the gates swinging. An artist you all know and love, four poems from Shemi. Maricon Lazy Culero. To be a faggot is to be lazy, to not have it all together. To be a faggot is to wait around. My father's nickname for me was Maricon Lazy Culero, queer lazy faggot. Anytime I didn't do something right, he'd say, Maricon Lazy Culero, you can't do anything right. Maricon Lazy Culero, you're a fucking idiot. Maricon Lazy Culero, stop being such a faggot. He thought tough love would change me, harden me, make me tough. Baltimore Pride Festival 2019, Father's Day weekend. Free dad hugs advertised by cis gay dads. Free dad hugs from cis white men with angry beards. Beards like my father wore. Some brawnier than my father, but all like him paid me no mind. None said to me, free dad hugs, like they said to all the others, all the cis girls, all the guys. None said to me, hey, you, yeah, you. You look like you could use a free dad hug. You look like you haven't gotten one in a long time. You deserve love. You deserve to have a dad. If I was your dad, I would hug you anytime I could because I would be proud to be your dad. You're doing exactly what I wanted from you. You're living your truth. You are happy. You are proud. And you are loved. But no, they all just ignored me. No free dad hugs for trans girls of color. As I walked around the crowd alone, trying to meet eyes with someone, anyone, maybe meet eyes with my dad, the man who never appreciated my specialness, the man who never truly saw me. 
the man who denied me as his child, as his daughter. (sighs) I hate these parents' days. They remind me that though my parents live, to them I don't exist. They rather have a dead son than a trans daughter alive and well. Massa clouds blow up in my face. Warm water toughens the powder. Inexperienced hands massage the dough, blessing it with every fold, creating a large, beautiful ball. I turn on the stove. The flat pan must be warm. The fan in the living room must be on high, protecting the fire alarm in the hallway. I nab a piece of dough, a smaller ball that fits in my palm. I roll it in my hands, preparing the vessel for its destination. Flattening the masa, I create a pocket, big and sturdy. I fill it with homemade concoction, fresh grilled shrimp mixed with tomatoes and spices, joined to create a paste, melted with shredded cheese. I close the pocket, pinching the ends to lock the treat inside. I flatten the dough to form the shape. I add bits of oil to my hand to protect the newly formed pupusa. I put her on the warm stove. I repeat this process seven more times, placing the pupusas on the, cook, on the top of the cooking stove. I grab another ball of masa. This time, I fill it with beans and cheese. Paste I form for the pupusa. Pupusas, four of them, on the stove to cook. I place all of the cooked pupusas on the side. I turn them off. My partner brings a salsa. I bring the pupusas. Shonda Rhimes brings the greys. Dinner. I don't know what to say anymore. I don't know what words should exit my mouth. Why am I even typing this? What is the purpose? I want to write a story, but, but what story? I don't have creativity. I'm basically a lie. I have so horrible self-esteem, and I'm very self-aware. Everyone eventually gives up on me, except for me. I never give up on me. Maybe I should. I've tried to kill myself before, in different ways. Maybe I was always too careful. I was never able to successfully kill myself, obviously. Uh, maybe one day I can, but when? And how will I do it? I'm hungry. I could eat, or I could just starve myself. My partner is sitting nearby, drawing or, or something. I'm not too sure. I won't ask. I'm too involved in my own head. Our kitty sits on a box, licking themselves. They're bored? Me too. It's 11.15 a.m., and I want the day in my life to be over. My left arm hurts internally. Similar pain to the one I feel in my stomach. My arm is hungry. Hungry for a stretch, hungry for a hug, hungry for a punch. I don't know, it just kind of burns. Now my neck does too, but this may just be anxiety. Again, I'm self-aware. What's the point of writing all of this down? What's the point of typing all of it? What's the point? I wish there was someone that I could talk to, someone who would listen to me, hear the things I have to say and digest the words and talk back. Someone who wouldn't ignore me in my time of need when I'm feeling alone. Why won't they listen? Talking to myself again. Them, 
reaching for the electronics to trigger me to stop speaking, to shut up. I, I just want to disappear. What's the point of sharing a life with someone who can't wait for you to be quiet? I want to die. Go away, end it all, but I stay. A coward. Unable to let go. I should just be quiet and stop talking. Stop saying what's on my mind. I should just disappear and not bother you anymore with my emotions. Not bother you anymore with my existence. I should just die. Why can't I die? Why can't I just leave you? Why do I hate myself so much? Why do I even try to talk? You just ignore me anyway. Why do I love you? Why do I have to love you more than I love myself? Am I at a point where I can no longer let myself cry? I just accept the condescending passive aggression that, as though that's all I deserve after all? Beloved self, love yourself. You are better and stronger than this. Keep pushing forward. Uplift you. You got this. You got you. Take a deep breath and let them go. Breathe. Just breathe through it, through the heart and out the mouth. I love you. I love me. Two kitties, both alike in dignity, in the fair district where we lay our scene. Both ate their wet food with humility and shared the tube without them being mean. Max ate food quickly, not leaving one bite. Gentle frog ate real slow, each bite savored. Frog left some crumbs behind, put up no fight. Orange siblings' luck was in their favor. Decorated pine was given water, sustenance needed by both tree and cat. Litter was cleaned up and left no bother. Both human and kitties played on the mat. Cats Max and Frog were really a great treat. Positive pal, can't wait to again meet. You may have noticed that we had four poems from Shemi just now. That's because our third round, which was supposed to be our final round, ended in a frickin' tie. This means we had to go to a lightning round where each poet had to recite a one-minute poem. And the winner of that round was none other than our feature from last month, Robert Owens. Robert Owens truly broke our heart with some really heavy yet poignant writing, all of it brand new in the year. So let's hear it from our slam champion, Robert Owens. Sawblade Dream, Wishing Family. Stolen marrow, a search party looking for himself. Padded blood on teeth, never flushed the tissues, red flags in trash can. Reaching, reaching, he was reaching the feeling of grabbing emptiness and believing you are what you hold. Better than my father, but better doesn't mean good. Betting against the wall because I destroyed a few bricks, it was house money. My house was not without currency to a child who wanted to be paid in attention, but attention provided attention that could be cut with a small kitchen knife, so he did. Hid the blade in a dresser awaiting to see if anyone cared to search open secrets left room between the skin and the depth of his wounds for pilfered treasures like cash, candy, love, anything he wanted and felt he had never had. He held his treasures recklessly, always craving turnover, 
wanted to be rescued, but I let him stay capsized. Removed the stolen goods, but did not reset the bones. I didn't know the bones needed to be reset. I listened to the wrong doctor, became the wrong father, let the saw blade be turned on me until I wasn't allowed next to him at his surgery. It doesn't matter what battles you are fighting with yourself. When your children are at war, you come home to them. I stayed in bed safe. I laid in safety so I could heal. I mended myself with the sutures my son needed. It's not important what I needed. It only matters what I failed to provide. So I provided him a choice because I didn't want him to be a thief and I didn't want to steal more space from him. I gave him the choice of how to improve himself. And he responded the same way I did, the same way my brother did. He decided if he was going to feel alone, he might as well be alone. He grabbed another knife, sharper, more permanent, saw blade dream, wishing for his family, stolen marrow, a search party looking for himself, reaching, reaching. He was reaching the feeling of grabbing emptiness and believing you are what you hold. He let go. I grab emptiness. I swallow what I deserve. Step back. Glance stage left. A tombstone, 2003 to 2017. I want to hug a ghost who is still alive. The blame haunts me. I was better than my father, but better doesn't mean good. I learned a lot in life, but not how brittle bones and bonds can be. Reaching, reaching a wall with a few bricks out of place to make sure I could see all my mistakes from the other side of my son's life. Title, The Absences That Form the Way We Love Each Other. In the end, her love reminds me I'm alive. In the end, her love reminds me I'm alone. In the end, her love reminds me of the way my father was, but, you know, with the nicer ass, obviously. Uh, levity. Levity is for moments of harsh realizations. She is a version of me with better excuses. I guard and guard until I run headlong. She guards and guards until she is guarded. She tells me I am the dreamer. She tells me my feet are off the ground. She projects. She is the angel. She has the wings. I bet she would swallow the pain for me. I know she swallows. I bet she would take the beating for me. I know she relishes spankings because I know she would protect me. I would protect her because she wants me to eat well, because she talks to me more than her own mother, because she is the majority of my thoughts. I want to protect her, except I can't. And the Lord spoke and said, let there be light. And Luz gave birth to Liz, and Liz gave birth to my heart. My heart cracks and strains and breaks to get stronger. My heart is a goddamn muscle. I've been training it for almost 40 years, and it still shatters without notice. I'm strong in my endurance. I'm strong in my breaking. My tears are weight. We're all pushing something to survive. My tears are dense. I let the pain well inside until the bucket falls out. My tears are selfless. They are better than me, despite being me. They are like her. They are for the good of others when they cannot be even for themselves. She is for the good of the world when she cannot even be for herself. Her eyes shine the light so brightly that all that's left inside of her is darkness. She wants to close her eyes. I love her so much that I want her to close her eyes and not suffer. I want her to live so badly I think I am selfish. I want her to die because her dreams mean everything to me. I want her to live because she can accomplish her goals in the only order possible. Her life is a shroud of armor. She defends herself to stay alive. Her life is a cloud that learned to whisper. She really wants to die. How do you protect someone that belongs to the sky? She leaves me on the ground. She wants so much space that she loves me like my father did, questionably, intermittently. She's too busy facing her demons. He didn't know he is a demon. She at least tells me she loves me. 
Sometimes she believes it. I am so rational that I am irrational. Love stays in my throat 97 times out of 100. I swallow love. I don't love to swallow, but I was taught pain and emptiness and silence is an expression of love. I swallow anyway. I bet she would swallow the pain. I know she swallows her own every day. I love more easily someone who could swallow my pain. I exude it. I put pressure on her by loving her in ways she can't stand. I try to make love to her, and she pushes me away. I give aftercare. She gives I don't care. She loves me like my dad loves me, except she actually loves me some days. And I love her because in her heart, she treats me perfectly. Too bad we both live outside her heart, fortunately. It's the position I am familiar with. It's nice to finally have a reason to thank my father. I have the talent of loving from afar. In the end, her love is worth waiting for, is worth standing under the stars and making wishes for. She may want so much space that there could be a day I will only see her if I face the sky. I only want what's best for her. Love for us is wanting to shrink the space that has defined us. I hope she chooses to stay. The vacuum in my midsection is instinctual. Today, I stared 13 stories down, and I feared, as I calculated the distance it would take to make me happy. I don't believe in past lives, but I have been wrong before. My body tells me the ground tastes delicious. I back away from the ledge because I am afraid I will enjoy the fall. I fear being alone, not because I like people, per se, but because I might listen to myself. I don't want to be trapped in a room when my thoughts are already bottled. I'm a model prisoner. I perform my tasks without the threat of violence. What can be done to me that is not worse than what I have already imagined? I have believed fear, and I have believed everyone who ever let the words I love you spread from their honeyed lips. I've never felt love, but I always embrace the promise. My love only leaps, it skydives. It wants no parachutes. It tells me to get everything I can before the newly enamored realizes I am not worth loving. My love dines on pavement and wants to jump despite being gorged. Free falling is feeling what weighs you down leave you as you plummet to your demise. Maybe the demise is what lets you leave all the pain behind. Isn't death beautiful? I want to wrap myself in beautiful. She is beautiful. She promises nothing, but she radiates everything. The grim reaper wants my feelings, but she has them all already. Maybe she will be the death of my hope to be loved by the person I would enjoy loving me. I have expectations of what it feels to be filled with caring. I would believe any promise. I believe every fear. Losing everything is a welcomed fear. I only wait to learn how creative the darkness is, how loving the void that swallows me. You ever stare at the light coming through the bottom of your bedroom door? Sometimes it's the warmest thing in my room. Someone out in the light is my warmth. I do not like opening my door. My blinds are lowered in the corner. I'm cold, so I buy a comforter the color of sand. I'm stuck in a winter body with flowers in my heart. I hear beautiful things bloom in the desert. My walls are painted the color of sand. The desert and the news cycle are the same. You only hear about the harshest conditions. I like to drown, so I bury my head in the sand and the headlines. I will never love myself the way I love others because I cannot leave myself. I love my bed. It lets me leave myself. When I give it the slightest touch, it envelops me. If you think sand, you think the desert, but quicksand is found nearest water. 
Have you ever thought you knew where your heart lived and it turned out you never understood your own home? I indulge in my bed. Loneliness loves sleep. Depression loves feeling wanted. In the desert, the vultures want you. I love feeling wanted. The rain patters at my window. I ponder how many ways I can drown myself. I will never love myself the way I love others because I cannot leave myself. I cannot leave my bed. My daughter cries when she wakes up. I get out of bed. I open the door. I am overwhelmed by love. For a moment, I am content. And then I miss the drowning. Congratulations again, Robert. Thank you to you for tuning into our show. And thank you again to Ahanu for telling us a secret. To Grilled Cheese for raiding and plundering heaven. To Shemi for saying no to free dad hugs. And to Robert Owens for your father, except with a nicer ass. If you'd like to take a part in the show, be it performer or listener, please join us every first Saturday of the month in Studio 59, Plant Zero, Richmond, Virginia. Our writing workshop begins at 5.30 p.m., the open mic and artist feature at 8.30 p.m. The Slam Richmond podcast is a production of Slam Richmond. It is edited by Tyler Grillcheese Eldred and hosted by January Garcia. Our theme music is by the wonderful Budo Fox. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and our new Facebook page, all at Slam Richmond. And feel free to share, subscribe, and leave a comment on our show. Until next time, Slam Fam, keep on writing the good right.